Welcome to this week's episode of the Aussie Nurse Podcast. I'm here with Terry, and today we're going to talk about her favorite movie, V for Vendetta. How's it yes, going? good. How are you? I'm doing great. I this has been on my watch list for approximately 55 years. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at the cover and thought I should watch that. And then yeah. watch something else. Yeah, that's interesting. It is literally my all-time number one favorite movie. Good. Yeah, I can watch it so many times and I don't get bored. It's no other movie tops it for me. I'm not sure why. I mean, I, there's a lot of, I love symbolism and analyzing what's happening in the movie in terms of today's time frame. So I think that's why I love it too, because it doesn't get old no matter <laughs> when you watch it. Even like 14 years ago, it all still applies. Uh, it, have you, you haven't seen 1984. No, I know we talked about it. I haven't seen it. That's on my watch list now. Okay, so for those of you who aren't aware of Viva Vendetta in 1984, 1984 is a dystopian world where John Hurt has to... Um, survive in a dystopian world where the government has taken over and is using the media in order to uh, maintain control. And it's uh, depressing and sad. And V for Vendetta is about John Hurt, who has taken over um, England and has created a fascist regime and no one noticed. Yeah, which is very interesting to what's happening slowly in the world today. It's interesting um, how they had the rise of what happened and how that parallels what's happening in real yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it targets every single thing. It uses Nazi imagery because, of course, mm-hmm. it does. You almost have to with a movie like this. Yeah. It's even with his name, right? Like, they picked the name very intentionally with Adam Sittler being very close to Adolf Hitler. Oh, yeah. And, you yeah, know, instead sad. of targeting Jews, they're targeting Muslims and Arabs, which is very interesting. In 15 years since this movie's pretty much been out, not a lot has changed in respect to how the world is going in regards to the things that they t- the world targets to be, you know, something you should be avoid- avoiding. Like ho- the homophobia is there, the racism. And there's a lot of things that are still there and it hasn't progressed at all, which is quite interesting. It's progressed a little bit because the generation that uh, was kids when in 2005 are now adults and mm-hmm. then kids. Yeah. So it is progressing, but it still has a lot to be improved. I, I love this movie. I love everything about it. I love the fact that we don't see uh, V's face. Yeah. Like Batman, uh, yeah. where it doesn't matter who's under the mask. Yeah. And that was very intentional too, because the whole focus was, and he repeats it so many times too, it is the idea. It is not him. And, you know, even from the beginning of the movie, they set that stage that it is not the man you remember. It is the idea of what he did, as opposed to the man himself 
that you remember. And that's what his purpose was too throughout the movie. He's really selling that idea to the people of England or London in general in terms of what the world can look like and what the world should look like and what part they need to play in it as opposed to selling himself, which is why, which is why the ending really made sense. So a uh, couple, couple of tweets that I sort of saw coming but didn't see coming. I, uh, so V has an accomplice sort of uh, this woman. I forget what her name is. Evie. Evie. So he has had him and Evie. Um, so he has an accomplice with um, Evie mm-hmm. and she uh, runs away because they have a pedophile priest because of course they do because you have to. Yeah. Um, so they, so she runs away from V um, and then she is taken in by the government and I'm like, oh, V kidnapped him. Obviously, it's a trick. V kidnapped her. Duh, it would be revealed that. And I immediately thought that. And then 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh, he didn't. Because why would he do this awful stuff? Yeah. And I'm like, and then it's revealed that he did kidnap her and I was right all along and I'm like, oh, what a prick. You know what though? That's my favorite scene of the movie. That scene where she finds out, she walks out of the prison room, right? And, and for people who are listening, you should watch this movie first if you haven't, because there's so, it's just such a great movie. It, so she walks out of the room, and then when she finds out it's him, and she's like, you cut my hair, you tortured me, you held me as a prisoner. And then, you know, you could see the anxiety building up, and then all of a sudden it releases. And that scene where she walks outside because she can't breathe, and there's a whole parallel scene with how she is, literally the fear is lifting off of her, which is very similar to that scene when Dr. Delia found V walk out of the the place, the hospital, wherever, basically, where they were being tested after the big fire in 2015, I believe. So that's that's something too. So it's that this movie is placed in 2030, like 2031, 32. Um, but yeah, and the time to talk about is 2015. So it's very, very similar to our current time, which is why the parallels of what's happening today is even more interesting because this movie was made 15 years prior to our current time which, oh, I'm, I'm such a nerd for these things. I love oh, it. It's great. I <laughs> love it. Um, it feels like a comic book movie. I knew it was based on a comic yeah. book, but it feels like um, like they took panels and just redid them as action scenes. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Have you read the comic? No, I haven't. Oh. I don't want to ruin the movie for me. The so I'm going to stick with the movie. The comic is very different from what I've heard. I've read the Okay. But it's like uh V in the movie is a uh it's fighting against uh a specific government um and is is the hero of the thing and in um comic he's fighting against something different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh but the movie is um what the movie's doing is basically it's the world of 1984, but but Zorro's in it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Uh, I was gonna go with Batman because, uh, but then I realized that he uses swords and that's Mozart's thing, and he even does the V thing. Yeah, but you know what, Batman makes sense too, and I'll tell you why. It's because of Inspector Finch. Because he's kind of torn, right? Inspector uh-huh. Finch, in this whole movie, he plays that role where he wants to do the right thing. It's very obvious he's not on the government side per se. He's just side, on the side of what he feels is right. And you can see him conflicted throughout the movie because he also doesn't trust the government. Because obviously, who would? This is like such a, it's a Nordic supremacist government and it's being run by a neo-fascist leader so he doesn't necessarily trust that but he has to abide by the rules and therefore he does expect that v should follow the rules and he should be punished for the things that he's doing wrong the only difference i would say here with batman is because i'm also a huge fan of batman is that batman doesn't kill people yeah that's my story so it's um it's batman's um symbolism and mm-hmm. the uh, it doesn't matter who's really under the mask and yeah. uh Zorro's tactics yes so Good it's a great cross between both of them yeah which is I, I love it um but when he did the v cut the v in with his sword I'm like oh it is Zorro yeah yes okay I felt the same way so I'm glad we're on the same page and even in the beginning when he does that he does the v sign with, with the the finger people, the finger men. Yeah. And then he goes into his whole speech when she asks, who are you? And his whole poem with the V's in it. Oh my God. I loved it. I it love that because, okay. So what it is, is that it's alliteration. He did alliteration with uh, the poem uh, and he did that, which means that he's mm-hmm. like, finally, yeah. someone asks and I can do my poem. I've been practicing yeah. <laughs> for months. Yeah. For sure. And it's interesting too, like the amount of work, okay, if, forget the movie, if this wasn't a movie, this was real life, the amount of work this man put into it to draw the parallels from what happened with him, like he stripped his identity completely from when he was being experimented on. And he held to that room number that he was in. He was in the room number five. It was the Roman number five, which is where the number, the letter V comes from. And he made sure that his entire identity, his past and history, everything stripped to create this idea that he's selling to the people to basically liberate them against this fear-mongering government. My favorite part about that is that it's revealed, it's revealed about uh, towards the end who V really is. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, it's this guy, he's out for revenge for these reasons. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And then it's revealed that that was just another mask that he was wearing. Yeah. To be that guy, which is great because A, V is a a symbol, he's not a person. Um, And and secondly, uh, he did that before with the letters. Yeah. Uh, he gave, so when, when um, Evie was in prison, by V, which is still a dick move. I loved it. I'm all for it. <laughs> I am too. It's great for the story, but what a prick. Yeah, that was. But he liberated her. She felt free. She was fearless. True. But at the same time, he's a bad boyfriend. Uh, don't date people <laughs> that free you by shaving your head. Oh my God. Yeah. But um, there's a, during that imprisonment scene, uh, V gave 
uh, EV letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to, that was a beautiful story. And it showed about, and it showed how the, uh, the, the fascist government rose up and how it affected real people. Yeah. Uh, and she said, um, and when it's revealed that he didn't write those letters, that it was a real story. I think that's what saved the scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it had to, like he wanted to basically instill the same kind of fear he had in him and be able to liberate her the same way he felt liberated. And, you know, like in the movie, when he says in the beginning, there's no such thing as a coincidence. There's one point I'm still unclear on, even after so long, is did he know, did he target Evie? Was this a target or was this something that just ended up working out the way the movie played out? Because if she was a target, it makes sense. Everything that's happened in the movie completely makes sense. Every part of it, how he imprisoned her, the letters and everything. But I actually forgot my train of thought where I was going with this. You were saying uh, the movie would make more sense if she was a target. Yeah, but I don't know that. What do you think? I don't think she is because it's all about... Uh, so this movie talks about coincidence and destiny uh, a lot. So I think that he rescued her uh, from the secret police that's, uh, that tried to rape her. Yeah. of course this movie has that because we have to have the worst humanity. So yeah. he believes that there's no such thing as coincidence. So that yeah. means that he didn't plan for... Evie to be as important as she was. Okay, I'll uh, go with that. If so, he didn't plan this uh, out, Evie, but when it turns out that she was strong and did all the things, then she um, was on his side and could do um, stuff for him. And then she ran away and met Stephen Fry, and I'm like, yes! Stephen Fry, you're the best. You are the best. <laughs> Four stars of the movie, fifth star was for Stephen Fry showing up. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you about him, though. Okay. Did you at any point think Stephen Fry, in this, in this movie, he played the role of Daddy Dietrich. That's Daddy is his nickname. Mm-hmm. Did you at any point think that he was V? Uh, no. Are you kidding? He's better, okay. uh, older. No, but and he could. He could be concealing himself because there were those, when she goes into his house, his basement uh-huh. is very similar to V's house. The, the breakfast he cooks for her, the music in the morning. So at one point, I, I quickly changed my mind. But when I watched this the first time, there was that moment where I, I thought, what if? Because of coincidence, like she was protected yeah. by V, now she's protected by Stephen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, but, yeah. No. But uh, I did immediately think, oh, he's going to betray her. Like, he's already called the cops. This is not going to end well for her. I did, think, I did think that, too. I wasn't sure of him. But when the whole Quran thing came out and all the other things that he had in his house, I believed him more. And his comedy show. His comedy show was great. So it took me about five minutes to be like, okay, it's fine. He's not uh, against her. But all that stuff, I was like, that could have been confiscated. Yeah. And it could be a trap. But then again, yeah. she's already there. He wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Nope. so it's great. It, it, and it's interesting, though, with the whole comedy, the, the political comedy, the parallels today, especially with Trump and how 
you know, the political comedy scene currently has really increased because the jokes are in abundance when it comes to Trump. <laughs> and it's very interesting how there are so many parallels to that too. However, he got killed for his jokes yeah. because- And he didn't see that coming, which is- He didn't. Fear of a secret. He didn't see it coming, which is the idea of uh, the fascism is so under the surface and no one noticed that even someone that's uh, rich and powerful uh, yeah. doesn't know how bad the fascism is. Absolutely. And it's unpredictable. You never know what the next move would be. I, I loved, um, I, loved, I saw this clip of V saying, um, under this mask of an idea, an idea is a bulletproof. Yes. I want to see that, I want to see that thing because I knew, obviously, that he wasn't going to be killed in that scene because, yeah. obviously not. Uh, but I wanted to see how he got out of it. And it's like, oh, bulletproof vest. Because, of course. Yeah, he was wearing it, but it wasn't enough. Oh, it was enough to at least slow it down. Yeah, exactly. So, in terms of ideas, too. Okay, so there's, have you, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. It's, I wanted to, but then I realized, oh my god, it's like nine and a half season okay you have to watch game of thrones I, you're going to love it i know that but like committing to nine so like an entire series at once do it slowly it's okay do it slowly no, so no. the reason i bring it up there's a few things that happen here um so when when it's finch who's talking about inspector finch when he's talking about v and what v's doing what he's building he talks about chaos He's like, that's what he's trying to create is chaos. And with chaos, the, the people are going to act out and they are eventually going to rebel once they start seeing what's happening. And the reason I bring up Game of Thrones because there's a scene in Game of Thrones, I forget which season, where one of the lead villains, I guess, Littlefinger, he says, chaos is a ladder, which I love because that's what he's trying to do. He's creating this ladder of chaos where people... You know, as chaos grows, the ladder is growing and people are climbing it more and more. And therefore, you come to that point where you're at the peak of chaos and everything is going to just go berserk in a way. It's Both going chaos. to unravel, which what happens in the end too with the dominoes he creates. I love final- that scene. Oh, I love so that, that they just are like, he spent like four and a half hours opening, uh, setting up those dominoes perfectly mm-hmm. into a V and flicked it just for himself, just to be like, everything is going to plan. This will symbolize it perfectly. And then he yeah. did. And that feels like a comic book panel. Yeah. If anything's based on, uh, directly taken from the comic book, it's that image of the V lining up. And then he takes yeah. one of the dominoes. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. I, I think one of the dominoes is him. He's like, I'm part of this, but I'm not the whole thing. The rest of it, is other people this one is me absolutely and it's a symbol symbolism of unity and overthrowing the power together and he takes that one out because he's removing himself at the end from the big picture and he's handing the idea over to the people to carry it forward because he knew at that point like he's going to eventually die and he lived to basically make this happen it's good he said um a year from now uh, it won't matter. His plan was for that year, and he yeah. spent the, the entire year creating chaos. 
And yeah. it's awesome. It is. I love John Hurt, just in general. Mm-hmm. He's great. He was he he the doctor in Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, and, I, and that was the first time I saw him. And then I went back and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's great in literally everything he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to also quickly talk about, there's that one scene with V and he meets Inspector Finch and where he goes into the details when he tells a story of this leader. Oh my God. So if you're watching it now, like for, even if somebody's, if you've seen it before and you're rewatching it. So these are the things he says. And if you're not thinking of the same person I'm thinking when he's (laughs) saying these things, then there's something wrong. He talks about deeply religious man with conservative, with a conservative party, you know, up, up and coming in the political world, single minded and has no regard for political process. The more power he attains, the more aggressive his supporters become. He starts projects in the name of national security. And the truth is that it's just for power and total denomination. Could and be he attacks anyone. I can't think of anyone specific who that could be referring to. Could be talking about literally anyone who's currently president in the White House. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I feel like it rhymes with Crump. Oh, Trump? Trump. <laughs> uh, nah. nah. Yeah, no, he's not like that. He just wants to build a wall. <laughs> God, he's a fucking idiot. I know. But it's interesting how there are so many similarities. And, you know, he's in the name of power. He's trying national security. So in this movie, the whole flu, the epidemic, all the things that happened in 2015 to kill off thousands and thousands of people and then blame it on the Muslims. Trump is kind of doing the whole build a wall thing with the Mexicans in the name of national security. And he's doing it to attain total control, total power. I mean, I'm not gonna speak on behalf of Trump, but there's a lot of similarities in that sense, which I found very entertaining. (laughs) And then, you know, like he also says, fear is the ultimate tool of the government, which is also very interesting because the power of fear versus the power of freedom from fear, the very conflicting ideas, Mm-hmm. And they run parallel while they conflict each other, which also reminds me from another scene of Game of Thrones, which uh, I'm telling you, you have to watch it. Uh, uh, people, yeah, okay. But you're going to like it. If you like I, this movie. I will like it. It'll just take forever. And that's okay. And you'll enjoy the, the length of it. But there's one scene where Cersei, who's, you know, queen regent, she, Littlefinger and her are arguing about power because he feel, one feels like the knowledge is power and whatnot. And then she says, power is power, which is very powerful because it is very true. So the power of fear versus the power of freedom from fear is really, is a mute point, mood point when you are thinking of what power is on its own. Because at the end of the day, power itself is power and it's who hold, who's holding the power at what time is what determ- it determines where it's going to go. I know it's very, what I'm saying is very complicated. And I, <laughs> so I'll stop before. Oh, I yeah. love it. This is why, okay. So premise of the podcast, bring on people to talk about their favorite movie. You, this is your favorite movie. So you've this thought is. about it for ages. How many times have you watched it? I have, I can't count probably over 200 times. Yeah. I know many words from the movie. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it is my most favorite movie. 
So, but I really like that because at one point the government is controlling the people, mm-hmm. the power of fear. And what he's trying to do is liberate them by having them take on the power to get the freedom from fear, right? But when I think of Game of Thrones, it really is at the end of the day, power is power. And it's how you are using it and who's taking the idea of it and running with it successfully is what's going to determine where power is held. I, yeah, I love all of that. I have much to add because what else is there? But I, that's so good. Power is power. And um, the people that are uh, being uh, suppressed by the government are the ones that have the most power because there's more of them. But do they? Well, that's the thing. They needed to be shown that they have the power by thee. And uh, it's easy to be... um, There's a reason that Anonymous uh, took that uh, mask as their symbol. It's because uh, without uh, without a face, uh, the government has no control over you. Yeah. Um, by working in the shadows, you can do so much if you're not stopped. The people have the power, they just have to be, um, be shown that they can use their power. Yeah. And I find it interesting that uh, when they said that V died, because of course they did, um, everyone, everyone immediately didn't believe it. And it's a whole thing about you can control the information that gets to the people, but if something gets out, there's no way that you can put that genie back in the bottle. Once they but find, they, tried. they definitely tried. But once they saw that V was um, was out there and had already told them that the government is controlling the media, once that had happened, nothing that um, they tried to do could stop them from uh, questioning uh, all their news um, that was controlled by the government. But there's this one particular scene that happens where it does, it does leave you in a conflict where, which way, which way it's going. And obviously they're trying to create the climax of the movie too. Right. So in the beginning, when, when uh, Evie is with V and, his house and they're watching the news there is a woman reporter and evie points out it's like oh she's lying and v asks how she knows and evie expands that she blinks a lot when she doesn't believe the story is true which is a great phrase because that might mean that she lies all the time but sometimes she believes the lie so that's the thing. We're fast forward. This is about an hour and a half into the movie. We're getting into the climax before they're going to start ro- closing off the movie. Mm-hmm. She's on. It's after uh, Sutler said, you know, go crazy. Ex- you know, just start your terrorist attacks. Basically, get the fear out there so people will start fearing the fear. And so they can have power back. And there, she's on the TV giving a report about V being the terrorist. And Evie is walking by that TV, the store, and she sees her on the TV and she doesn't blink once. So it's working, right? Like they tried. And again, it goes back to the point of power, where power lies and who controls the power. So while he's trying to sell this idea, which is a great idea that the power of freedom 
The power of freedom from fear is where the power should lie. The power is, lies with the people. They just need to realize that. But it's actually not true. The power lies wherever it's, be, it's best exercised. And this entire time, the government did such a great job exercising that power, whether they use fear or not, that that's where the power lied. And they could still try and do that. It's just that that idea became so big and out of control that that power started diminishing. But it's also because people started getting murdered. So his so settlers, key people, his main propagandist got murdered. The, the bishop got murdered. And, you know, the doctor, again, that, that was also more revenge. But he was taking out people that settler was close to. So he was breaking down the power. But, but if he didn't do that, it's still questionable if this entire population, even if this stood united against the government, would they have been able to overthrow that power? Because if the men who are giving the orders and who have army and weapons and everything in their favor, if they are still alive, they can overthrow the same people, which is why even in today's time, the masses, even when they're right, are not able to overthrow or take away from the power of government, even in cases when they're wrong, such as the case with the whole NRA and gun control in US. It's very oh, evident. That's always been like, fuck is going on with that? Literally every other country is like, that shouldn't be a thing that's happened. Yeah. Um, I also, I like that she didn't blink when she was given the report because she believed it. Yeah. Uh, she believed the lie that the government was telling her. So it's not that she doesn't lie, it's that she sometimes doesn't believe the government. Exactly, and she believed it at the time. So what they were doing to create that fear, to make people believe that V is in fact a terrorist, it was working. And it only started breaking down when he started taking those people out. And had he not done that, well, they, they have to do that because they had to end the movie somehow, right? But yeah. had he not done that, if this is, we're not talking movie, we're just talking a simple scenario, the power still would still be with those people who have the weapons, who have the authority, and regardless of how many millions of people they're controlling, and those, pe those millions of people in population numbers are bigger than the government, the government still has the weapons and control. So the power is power, and the power will lie wherever, you know, whoever's controlling it. It's, it's, not with the, it's not with the masses. That's how I truly believe. And I think that's this whole facade of telling people the power is in the masses is actually not entirely true because I mean, it has to still be weakened where the power is before the masses can take over. And V was planning on, um, on all those people with, the, with his mask. Yeah. Uh, march on there. But he had to take out anyone who could order them to be stopped. First. Exactly. So he planned that, and the fact the fact that basically um, uh, the uh, John Hurt's second in command uh, kidnapped him um, and uh, and took him to V and then killed him shows just how much uh, other people that have power don't yeah. care. It's yeah. like cool. We're comfortable. So we'll let you have power, but we can take it away just as easy. That's a good point. Not just as easy, I would say, but that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and I do like the juxtaposition where he's like, if B is doing this, I will personally 
uh, meet him. And then B shows up to his house with a sword and is like, hi. Yeah. I have a sword. Do what, do what I want. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I felt so satisfied when he killed in his first kill, like first big kill in the movie. I was very satisfied because I just hated that guy, the look of him, his idea, the way he sells the propaganda. It's just so disgusting to me. So that, was, that made me really happy. And there's a second juxtaposition with, um, with uh, so that happened with the second in command. And then uh, John Hurt had a similar thing where he's yelling about how he's going to take, a, take back uh, the power and uh de- and destroy his enemies etc i don't remember exactly what the speech was but then you yeah. cut to him being bagged and uh beaten up and then just having no power at all yeah but that was funny it, it, was, it was good satisfying it was so good i i love this movie I, when I was watching it, I just sent you a bunch of messages on Facebook. I saw that was so entertaining for me because I could see how you're like going through the drama. And <laughs> it was the commentary I was receiving <laughs> as you were watching it happen. That was so entertaining. I loved it. I'm like, oh my God, yes, he loves it. That's, he how, sees it. Uh, that's the first time that I've done that uh, on this podcast. But uh, whenever, because you recommended the movie and I'm like, but like, ah, and when he, uh, it was so good. And I'm just like, oh, it's great. Uh, so I had to just give you live commentary. Oh, that was the best. That was my favorite part of our dialogue on Messenger is your commentary on the movie as you were watching it. It was so entertaining and it made me feel so happy because I love this movie. I, so I love it when other people also share the same sentiment. Have you seen... Uh, Collider or Schmozno? No. Okay, so Schmozno does a movie fight called the movie trivia Schmodown. Okay. Uh, which is great. It's basically WWE but with movie trivia. It's really fun. One of the fighters there is John Roker and he has the V mask. Mm. So as soon as I started watching him, I'm like, it's John Roker's mask. Which, like, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so funny. Because it's a whole thing. Um, that was just a, that's just a side note. I really like yeah. I really like that mask. Yeah, and it's it's the Guy Fox mask. And it, you know, when I was just watching it today, just to kind of su- go through it quickly, my five year old walks in. Like he's six, actually. He's like, "Oh, that that's the mask of the the hackers." So that mask, since that movie especially, has become such a big symbol of standing up for whatever you believe, whatever against the propaganda and really fighting against it in our real times. And it's happened over and over again where this mask is used to fight the power, where people feel the power is wrong. So I feel that that's very interesting. And with this whole hacker situation and the parallels even the movie has with how the current technology is being utilized to become the voice for the good or the bad and how that voice is being projected to sell ideas all through our current technology. It's very fascinating because there are so many parallels in this almost a revolution that we are going through. We are living through a technological revolution without really realizing it. And I bet you in 30 years, looking back, people are going to be 
reading about this in the history because there is a lot of power and a lot of movement and changes and crazy stuff that's happening because of social media, because of technology, and the hackers are using this mask too. So it's very interesting how there's so much symbolism and parallels in our current times that can come out of this movie, which I live for stuff like that. Um, modern history is talks about the 60s and the 50s and stuff. So like 50s from now, people talking about um, fights for um, internet freedom and privacy and all that stuff will be in the history books. Also, yeah. as a sidebar, you make a movie uh, and it's a good movie, people like it. But then uh, one of the things that you use becomes a symbol online for like, for being, uh, for standing up for, uh, against the government uh, for civil rights and all this stuff. That to be part of your legacy movie on this dumb comic book movie, which is actually really clever. Mm -hmm. um, is really good. It is. I love it. And again, like whenever you watch this movie, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. It draws, there are so many parallels to your current time. There were parallels back then in 2005 with the whole election post 9-11 time. There was some, there was the bombing in London. There were a lot of things that were happening that the chaos was there. There was a lot of chaos. And this movie was designed to fit in with the chaos of that time. However, the movie has become timeless, such as, and I've read about 1985, which is also another timeless dystopian movie, right? So I, yeah. I love how this will continue to be timeless, at least for me, this movie in particular. Uh, 1984, but to- oh, 1984, <laughs> I'm calling right. it's the, the next year is fine. It's all sunshine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but 1984, uh, V for Vendetta, there's, there's, a weird, there's a weird shift between dystopian movies uh, being a symbol for, we ha uh, for stuff that's happening now and paralleling our, our world, to um, now dystopian movies are teen love stories, mm -hmm. which is so weird. They uh, are. Oh, it was just a shift. Which is also interesting because if they're focused on teens, it's a strong message that's being sent to even the teens about what's happening in today's times. It's all these subliminal, subliminal messages that are going into the teenagers about parallels of our world and these movies and what the future could look like. We don't know. Like Often I watch so many of these movies where I do wonder how much of our world will resemble these movies in the next 20, 30, 40 years? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, what I do know is that in, in order for, um, for a dystopian movie to get across its message, it has to closely parallel the fears of the day. Like stuff like Hunger Games, uh, and Divergent, those are the only two I remember. Um, but I love those series. Pardon? The Divergent series, I love them. Uh, I'm sorry that it didn't do well, so they're not going to make the last uh, book a movie. Yeah, that's okay. I, I like the books a lot more. That's fine. That's good. So, 
you have these uh, this series um, of of teen uh, dystopian uh, movies, but what are they trying to say? I don't know what the message is from um, on Hunger Games because it's it's not closely uh, resembled to what's happening now. Yeah. Uh, with stuff like Running Man, have you seen Running Man? I have. It's in a very, very long time. I cannot tell you anything about that movie. I can. So Running Man, Dystopian Future, and it was commenting on um, reality TV and how reality TV is manipulative. Uh, it's, uh, it's heavily edited. Uh, it's spreading a specific message. Um, and that's that was interesting. It's not really dystopian, I'd say. It, it might be. I'm not sure. But sci-fi commenting on the present is something that sci-fi does all the time. Ever since Twilight Zone. Probably before that. Uh, so all of this happens and with what we do and how we respond to the warnings of science fiction uh, will shape our future. Hmm. That was long. Did it make sense? It did. But I haven't, I, I don't remember much about it, so it's hard for me to comment. I but feel like, like I have to watch that movie general, again. Sci-fi in general being a commentary on the present and a warning of the future. Yeah. I mean, look at Matrix. A, this movie is made by the same people who made Matrix. And Matrix became this, this crazy analytical course in universities where like, you, can, you can take classes just on analyzing the hell out of Matrix, which is very interesting. So it's very similar. You know, sci-fi always ends up being that way. So it's, it's similar. A, little, a, a few similarities to Be For Vendetta as well. Um, Reaper Vendetta, this movie's so good. Um, I, the fact that when he's like, it doesn't matter who's behind the mask, and I'm like, uh, and I just think about every time Batman ever says that. It's like, it's not who I am or what I do that defies me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so much, uh, it's so Batman. It's like yeah. nineteen eighty four with Batman in it is those tactics. It's so good. Yeah. And because Batman's in there and he's a symbol of hope, um, which is funny because that's Superman. But because he's in there, uh, because V's in there, mm-hmm. we can see the that there's hope for the future of the of uh the world, or at least uh the future of England. And yeah. It's, it's so good, and I love it. Yeah. There's one thing about this movie. It was very random, mm-hmm. but it just kind of shows you the kind of control they have. And they just had these inserted randomly in places mm-hmm. to really show that control. The whole deal with butter, actual butter, and milk not being available. So the butter part where V cooks her the meal her breakfast and it's made with real butter and she said I haven't had this since I was a kid it's they're controlling butter which is crazy and then there's a scene where when he does daddy Dietrich he does the whole comedy show and he offers Sutler the glass of milk and Sutler the comedian 
whoever's whoever was playing Sutler, the, the prank basically, I keeps on going on about the milk. I would love you know? if John Hurt was playing um, the comedic version of Sutler as well. That, yeah, that actually would have been really funny. But it was interesting because he makes that comment about the milk and they're laughing. He's like, oh, I love milk and I drink it all the time. I forget exactly what he says. But it's mocking the fact that milk is probably not allowed either. And they're probably showing that there's no access to milk. But things as minor as milk and butter are being prominent in very like small ways in this movie to really show the type of control the government has over the people. It's down to things like butter and milk, which is really intense. Sidebar, I'd like it if instead of it being milk, it was tea. Because tea? If you take away a Britain's, uh, an Englishman's tea. Yeah. How, how could we let this happen? <laughs> Fair enough. I don't drink tea, but I get it. I, that's a coffee I'm for me. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, I get it. It's true. It's true. And, and, you know, there's other things too. I can't think of it off top of my head, but there were other small things where there's the kind of control they had over people, which is really, it was, it was, if it was really fascinating if you think about it, because the control ran so deep and it was embedded into such petty things that people didn't stand a chance. And therefore, this idea by V had to be grown and it had to take a year. It had to take a long time for people to even start believing in it, for it to, for people to start believing in themselves, ultimately. Um. They look to be for hope, and then once they gain hope, they're looking for themselves with strength to act on it. Yeah. Uh, they actually say that in the movie, yeah. But yeah. honestly, those are my final comments on the movie would be that it is a timeless movie. It will always have parallels and symbolism to our current time, no matter what that current time is, whether it's today or it's 10 years from now, which would be the 2030s when this really happened, in the movie at least. And uh, I'm just really intrigued and fascinated by all the symbolism in the movie and how you can literally sit there, sit down and dissect and analyze those in so many different situations. In today's time, it's, it, it's basically a conversation piece for days. And every, the way the whole movie was put together, I'm such a big fan and it's, I think it will always be my number one movie. So, yeah. So, thanks for having me on the show and having me talk about it. It was great. Before you go, just think about this. Think about the okay. idea that you find something that's better for V for Vendetta. That way you have, have a close that second. movie and V for Vendetta. I have a close second. What's your close second? My close second is Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. Nice. That's I'm my second favorite oh. movie. No, I saw Lawrence of Arabia. I haven't seen Prince of Persia yet. You should watch it. It's I a good movie. Watch it. Okay, quick fire round. Favorite character? Mm-hmm. Uh, Evie. No, V. Oh my God. All of, yeah. Just, you should have prepared me for this. <laughs> no, quick fire round. <laughs> okay, okay. Evie or V? Come on, pick one. Evie. Evie. Okay. Um, yeah. At what point did you realize that Stephen Tyler was going to die? I think I knew all along. Yeah? He had to. He had to. Okay. Did He's he- the idea. The idea lives. The idea lives, he dies. It's very sad, though, because it's Stephen Fry. Okay. Um, milk or butter? Butter. I hate milk. You do? I can't drink milk. Oh, my God. It makes me sick. 
Uh, but give me butter on my mushrooms. I'm good. You're, yeah, you're right. Butter on mushrooms is better than chocolate. Milk. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick milk because uh, my dad's British. So tea. Okay. You, you, you pick milk. And what about V or EV? Which one? Uh, v. I like the symbolism, uh, even though he's a bad uh, date. <laughs> um, okay. And I, I think that other people would take up the mantle of V. If there was like a sequel or whatever, there wouldn't be other people taking up the mantle. It's like in The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns, where Batman has retired but he's training all these people to be yeah. uh, in his tactics. So it's, it's like that. So um, what side did you think that, the, uh, that Commissioner Gordon was going to was gonna lean towards? He's, I, I knew he would come around to V's side because you could see he always questioned things. He wanted to, his biggest thing was he wanted to do the right thing. And he very much ran... The way, he very much did things based on what's right. And he was always questioning. There was always in his eyes and his looks and his comments, the way he was very calculated, how he would do the research. There were a lot of questions. So I knew. When you first saw the movie, did you, uh, uh, when V was wearing the mask that made him look like someone else, did you think that that story was his story? Yeah, I did because I was sold. Like at the end, that guy that that I'm like, oh my god, they finally show him. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so I like that he's a symbol, and that we don't see his face ever. But I, but most of all, I like the fact that um, that he tells other people's story as if it's his own. Like with mm -hmm. the letters, uh, he tells that woman's story, and then she's and then Evie is like. Oh, these are this is your letters. This is a story that you made up. It's your story, and it's like no, this is someone else's story. And then he goes past and tells someone else's story. He is a symbol of of control and uh, taking back power and all this other stuff. But he's also not telling his story, even though we yeah. have glimpses of his story. I think yeah, um, we get pieces because of the book that Dr. Delia had. So we get that. Um, and, well, we don't get a lot of it and we only get, and we don't get his real name or anything like that. Um, all of that is great. One other thing that I found interesting and I've been questioning is if, uh, V or five or whatever, the experiment that they did on him, mm -hmm. that, that burnt his face, I was wondering if that was, uh, V from V from, from the, the actual character V, or if he's using that guy's story. No, this was him. It was him? This was him because, and that's why he targets those people to kill. Um, that, that very sentimental conversation we, he had with Dr. Delia was also a testament to that, the fact that he was him. What's not clear, and I wish they would make a prequel of this, is how those experiments impacted him because she does talk about it, that he's no. immune to so many things. And, uh, and then when the fire happens, there's a blast and the fire happens, he comes out and she says, he had no eyes, but I could see him, you know, looking at me. It it's him. Deadpool. And it's him. It, it does remind me of Deadpool, like just the look. That's right. Just it look. is like, like that. But it's definitely him. Okay. And he basically, after that, he spent years accumulating all this 
money. Money, how? Stuff. Yeah, it's interesting how he built. Like he took him, he said it took him 15 years to build that tunnel back for. Part about, the, yeah. My favorite part about that is he's like, oh, he wants to do chaos like the Joker, but also like yeah. the Joker, he's super organized, uh, plans way ahead, and yeah. incredibly clever. Yeah, and uh, patient. God, I love this movie. Um, this, it's been so good to talk about this movie. Yes. Um, I love it. Uh, before we go, any last minute things that you wanted to say about it? No, I think I've said it all. It's definitely my favorite. I love the parallels and the symbolisms that come out of it. And uh, no matter what time frame you are in, there's a lot that can be applied to our modern day. Okay. So this movie gets five stars for me. Me too. Um, ah, this movie's great. And uh, we and see 1984. See 1984. I will. I will watch it. Uh, it's depressing and hopeless. It actually captures the feeling of hopelessness really well, which is interesting. And it shows mm-hmm. why this movie, why a world like this needs someone to stand against the government. Yeah. Um, so see 1984. Beef of was great, and I'm so glad I watched it. I'm so glad you brought it in. Uh, if you ever want to come back on, my door's always open. All right. I, if I come back on, I'd like to talk about comic book movies, like superhero movies, or Prince of Persia. You have to watch Prince of Persia. I got someone me- to that uh, we basically covered the entire MCU. That's very generic. We did go with yeah. specifics on each movie. Uh, so uh, I'd be happy to cover a specific movie. Prince of Persia is also great. Okay. All right. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for uh, having me. This was great. Is there any place that the people can find you? Yeah. So I have my own podcast as well. It is about sharing women, particularly mother's stories. It's called Mom Like That. And you can find me on momlikethat.ca. It's very simple. Momlikethat.ca. You can follow me, subscribe to this podcast, the Aussie Nerds podcast. Subscribe each week. I talk to a different person about their favorite movie. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Aussie Nerds Pod. You can follow me on Facebook, uh, Aussie Nerd. And next week, we will be talking about something completely different, which is what <laughs> I love. Uh, until awesome. then, goodbye. All right. I. I had a...